This is Conversations on Discipleship with Father Adam Streitenberger from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and Diocese of Columbus Media. Welcome to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me again today is Father Michael Fulton. Uh, welcome, Father. Hello, hello. How you doing? Excellent. Now, uh, Father, uh, part of your assignment, because every priest has about three or four um, um, job description, you know, job titles. At least. At least. Um, one of them is that you are the parochial vicar at Christ the King. Yes, Parish. sir. Excellent. So let me, um, you know, let's just talk a little bit about kind of priestly ministry mm-hmm. in in general and um, what um, what. What is a parochial vicar, first of all? So a parochial vicar, um, again, we can break those two words down. It's basically an assistant priest, but a parochial, a parochia, like that's the parish. That's, um, mm-hmm. I'm assigned to a particular parish setting. Uh, I work at Christ the King Catholic Church. We also have our different missions. We have St. Thomas the Apostle. We have different places we celebrate Mass. But I'm a parish priest. I work in parish ministry. Uh, and then vicar, so like the vicarious power, like that's power that is given on behalf of someone else. So Father David Schock is the pastor of Christ the King in St. Thomas. He is in charge, and I have my power vicariously through him. So I, my main job is to back him up, to cover for him, to, to keep him alive, basically, because uh, he's a busy, 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 busy man. But I help him in the care of souls in our particular parish assignment so um as as kind of a parish priest and, and working in the parish setting um how do you build up disciples how do we build up disciples uh relationships very important so it's we got to be able to know the people who we're calling to so get our, our lord he he didn't just blindly call thousands and thousands of people he formed very decisive intentional relationships and just hung out with these guys intensely um, in, in the parish setting, like the parish is there for every aspect of someone's life. It's, um, I'm there for baptism of their kids, for their ca- the kids' catechesis, for house blessings, for funerals, for weddings, for their day in and day out sacraments. I go, I celebrate mass with them on, on Sunday mornings. I get to go to their house for dinner on, on the evenings. I get to go to their schools. Um, and they come to me in confession with their everyday problems, with their sins, with their brokenness. And so that fatherly presence, that just consistent relational presence, that's how a priest is able to, is able to start that discipleship process of forming relationships with these people and calling them into a intense, fruitful relationship with Jesus Christ. And that, you know, that underlies an important thing. You know, you know all of the baptized are called to be missionary disciples. And we live on mission and we're able to be kind of credible witnesses to the gospel by really inserting ourselves into the lives of those around us, you know? So it's not, you know, whether you're, you know, a parent with children or whether you're trying to influence coworkers or influence neighbors, Mm -hmm. there has to be a real investment into their lives. And then the same way with the priesthood, especially maybe, in this age, kind of a post-Christendom age, is that we we do have to invest in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to know their priests um, in order to hear and to receive what the priest has to offer to them. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, it's people, if they do come to Mass, um, the homily or whatever formation they receive from the Mass takes on an added effect when there is a personal knowledge or a personal relationship. I remember a few years ago when we did um, the beginning of the Real Presence, Real Future, everything like it. People did that um, that survey during Lent, um, and I can't... Um, I can't remember the name of it, the Disciples Making Index. And one of the big results is that if people know their priests or they, you know, they like their priests, they're more likely to recommend their parish to other people. And so even from that base, you know, statistic, we can see the importance of priests being in the life of their parishioners. Absolutely. And again, it's not supposed to be like a cult of personality, like, oh, I go to this church because mm-hmm. of this priest. And like we just heard um, the other day in the readings, like this Sunday, oh, I belong to Apollo, I belong to Peter, I belong to... I said, no, you belong to Christ. Mm-hmm. And no matter what parish you go to, no matter how goofy that priest is, like that priest is supposed to be fulfilling that uh, role of Christ in your life. He's supposed to have that fatherly role in bringing you to Christ, no matter how, no matter how goofy he may be, mm. that every single priest and every single one of the baptized, we have that role of like, no, you're not bringing someone to our particular club or our particular crew. Said, no, you belong to Christ. Um, and that's, that is our main job in the mission is, is showing people who, who we truly belong to, who our hearts belong to. The, um, now, I wanted to kind of move on. So you, um, obviously, you're a parish priest working as a parochial vicar at, assigned as a parochial vicar to Christ the King. Oh, yeah. Which is, um, which is a huge Spanish, has a huge Spanish-speaking we population. Are, I don't know if we're the biggest. I think we're the biggest of the Hispanic, of the parishes with Hispanic ministry in our diocese. We got about 2,000 families that are just, and then however many are just not registered, we've our church holds about 1,100 people, and it's pretty darn full every Sunday morning mm-hmm. or every Sunday at 12:30. So, everything that we do again, it's it's a very diverse parish. We've got English speakers and Spanish speakers and French speakers. We got Africans and Latinos and Anglo's. We got everyone, but there's a huge, huge community of Hispanic ministry, and so everything's colored in that light. Mm-hmm. And as a result, that parish. Is full of life. There's there's never there's never a dull moment. Everything is there's always something happening at every moment, whether it's a Bible study, confessions, retreats, um, masses, all the time. There's always something happening at Christ the King with the Hispanic ministry. It's a very active and alive parish. What drew you um, to that apostolate? His name is Father Mike Lump. <laughs> Father Mike Lump, for anyone who knows him, he's one of the priests in the diocese. He came. I, I wish I had a really a much deeper, more profound story of like, but it was Father Mike Lump. He came to the seminarian gathering and he he begged us. He didn't get down on his knees, but he he begged the seminarian and said, if anyone thinks they could possibly consider learning Spanish, we will <laughs> we will see to it that you get everything you need to learn it. So we'll send you down. We'll send you to Costa Rica for the summer to learn it. We'll put you in a Spanish school. And I said, well, that sounds, that sounds delightful. And I nudged my, my buddy, Father Seth Keller. I said, hey, we, we can do this. We can figure it out. Mm-hmm. We can get out of Costa Rica. Let's go. And you know, we had a good time. We learned Spanish very quickly. But then 
when we came back to the States, when we were, uh, we were immediately put right into the mission. We were teaching our CIA classes. We were helping out at St. James the Less, at Santa Cruz, at all these different places. And right away, like we, one, we saw the need, but also we saw the passion and the life that there is in this community. And I, I love it. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's been so fruitful for my priesthood. And I've been a priest for just a couple of years, and those years have been so full because of being able to minister to this vibrant community. Really, Excellent. Really cool. Um, what, I mean, what about um, our um, Spanish-speaking brothers and sisters do you find attractive or, or maybe have added to your own relationship with the Lord? I, I love their devotional life. Again, uh, they, culturally, you know, they, they develop very differently than the United States. You know, so when... For them, the 80s, the 70s, the 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, 20s, they all look very different. The past hundred years in Mexico have looked very different than they have for us. And every single, um, again, not just, not just in Mexico, but in um, El Salvador and Guatemala and Costa Rica, all through South America, just the devotional life is so rich. Like they want to pray the rosary as a family and as a parish. They want to have their houses blessed. They want to have everything blessed. They want... They want you to give their baby a blessing after mass. Like, Father, please, please, can you just bless my baby? They just, they, their belief and their devotion to the sacramentals of the, of the church are so, they're just so powerful and they're so strong. And they don't mess around. Like, they, <laughs> like, no, this is serious what we do. Um, so we're going to pray our rosaries seriously. We're not going to mess around. We're going to uh, consecrate our families to the sacred immaculate hearts. We're not going to mess around. We're going, when we pray for the intercession of Our Lady Guadalupe, we're not going to mess around. Um, and it's, a lot of it's rooted in just, there's been a lot of persecution in Latin America against the faith over the past 100, 200 years. And they have been galvanized. Like the Cristero martyrs, um, how they would rather die than, than deny the faith, how they would chant, Viva Cristo Rey, how they would stand up to the government that was chasing them around. The faith, the faith of these of these Hispanics is beautiful and it's strong, and and it's inspired me. Like it's, mm. I want I want to love Jesus. I want to risk what they've risked. I want to um, live with that same passion that they live with. I want to love Him the way that they love Him. What um, at Christ the King in 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 particular. What is um, sort of the the makeup of the um, Latino community there? Mostly Mexican, or the vast majority Mexicans. The next biggest, uh, and again, Mexicans from all over from all over the place. We got lots of different states, um, but some have more. Like Michoacan has a lot here in Columbus. Uh, we also have a lot from uh, the next biggest is probably from El Salvador. There's a a lot of refugees from El Salvador. It's just a rough, rough situation. The stories that I've heard from their families, just what's happening still. And then we have a, just a mix of a lot of the other countries, Ecuador, Bolivia, Venezuela, Argentina, uh, Peru, Chile. Like we've got just a great, mm. great mix. And it's funny, they all bring their own devotional life. They have different saints, different uh, devotions that they're very devoted to. I say devoted a lot because they really are. But Mexicans are really the, they're really the strongest. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. You've been listening to Conversations on Discipleship. I'm your host, Father Adam Streitenberger. With me today has been Father Michael Fulton. And until next time, peace and all good. A Diocese of Columbus production in partnership with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio.